This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper. Uh, Pipe, I have to tell you, last night was one of the weirdest sports nights maybe ever in my life. Uh, as I look back on it, this is right up there with like Magic Johnson's AIDS announcement, the OJ Simpson white Bronco chase. Uh, it was a weird, weird night in that around 630, we hosted small group at our house for our church and uh, had a great one, had a really good small group. Everybody left. My buddy Matt from small group texted indicating like apparently they had canceled the NBA during small group. And uh, I hadn't been on TV or online or anything. And uh, lo and behold, I flipped on ESPN, caught the last four minutes of the Mavs game. And that that turned out to be maybe the last minutes of NBA basketball that anyone will watch this season. So or ever, uh, maybe ever. Who knows? Maybe ever. I think it's the end of the world. Yeah, so crazy, crazy coronavirus day, and you and I were planning to record anyway. We wanted to record this in the context of of sports, of what it means for sports. Uh, before we do that, we want to talk about an event that is not yet canceled, and that is Midtown Live in Louisville. Uh, this is an event that uh, you, me, and Ron will be at, hopefully with a room full of enthusiastic listeners who are not afraid of... Um, leaving their homes to do a fun thing. And uh, Pipe, tell us about tickets and where we can get them. Yeah, Midtown Live's coming up on April 13th, so it's the day after Easter. So after you go to a large gathering of people, you then can spread whatever you caught there to Louisville, where we will be for our live recording. Um, it'll be at starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. It is at the Sojourn Midtown Campus, which is it's apparently, according to Ron, a very cool cathedrally building. And if Ron says it's aesthetically pleasing, he's the one who would know. Um, but if you go to happyrantpodcast.com, there's a big spot right in the middle of the page that says live event. It has the details. You can get your tickets there. They cost 15 bucks a person, so not super expensive. We will record three episodes, one of which will be entirely uh, Q&A with the audience. Those are those are maybe the, the most fun part of the evening. There will be, you know, our swag there and uh, probably some form of food, coffee, refreshments, and, and just generally a great time. So April 13th, 7 p.m., Louisville, Kentucky, 15 bucks. It's it's really a pretty good deal. 15 bucks, such a great deal, Pipe, for all that entertainment. Oh, and, and just there, will to see... be, there will be giveaways from our sponsor, who is the Gospel Project as well. So we will have yeah. free things for people. Stoked about that, man. You'll get more than 15 bucks worth just in free things and uh, a night of enjoyment with us, which uh, I'm very much looking forward to. I always love these live shows. Uh, they are a blast. Dude, how long until we do one of these at like, I want to see Ron's Shiplap Warehouse Church at some point. I we, feel like we got to do something there. We really should. Like, we should just go up there and record one. And, you know, if people can come, they can come. I realize it's not really yeah. on the way to anywhere, but. No. And Ohio, Ohio is the worst state to navigate through. Um, I've only ever gone across the top of Ohio trying to get to somewhere else and then get to home. So I can't speak to that, but that sounds reasonable. Across the top is the only place you can go in Ohio conveniently. (laughs) There's like the big, (laughs) yeah, there's the, there's the big like I 80 beltway across the top thing. And then, uh, 
Yeah, you're looking at like pig trails to get to Ronstown. So I, I went to grad school in Ron's in Ron's metro area, and uh, it is impossible to get to. But um, apologies to all Ohioans. I guess that is the that is the charm of the place. Potentially, the plus of it is that you can insult them, and if it's that hard to get in, it's that hard for them to get out and come. You know, have issues with you too. Come so get me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good luck, y'all. Exactly. And Piper, you know, we would be remiss to not mention Redbud Coffee Roasters, coffee providers to this program, official coffee provider. Of the Happy Rant, of Happy Rant Sports. And I got to tell you, delicious coffee provider, really man. I, I've been enjoying this. And I've been enjoying like every step of the Red Bud experience from the packaging to the grinding of the beans mm-hmm. to brewing. I mean, it's just a delight, man. It's really good coffee, really aromatic, really tasty. Uh, Red Bud Coffee Roasters, get a bag yeah, and, and if you use the code Happy Rant, you get a ten percent discount off of your entire purchase. So whether you buy one bag yeah. or seven bags or whatever, it's ten percent off all the time. So use the code Happy Rant at checkout too, for sure. All of this with a caveat that like shipping and just the economy in general and life as we know it doesn't grind to a halt between now and whenever you order your red bud coffee. Here's the best thing about ordering coffee. Yeah. Uh it probably touches far fewer hands than the coffee you have to go pick up at the grocery store. Mm. So it goes straight from being very much in a very hot oven environment, you know, yeah. which kills a lot of germs and viruses to being yep. very nicely airtight sealed packaged to your front door. You don't have to leave your house and, yeah. you know, and nobody touches the coffee coffee. So you're safe. And then you run it yeah. through very hot water, and that kills things too. So it's like the safest thing you can do to stay happy during this whole mess. It's the deadest possible thing you can drink. That and, gives uh, so much life. There's a it metaphor does give in life. There. There's the yeah. There's the delicious pun intended irony in uh, in coffee. But <laughs> I think you've sold me on this. I'm going to buy coffee stock, man. I feel like coffee might be the one thing that survives this economic nightmare that I, we're... I wish i had bought amazon stock because like amazon oh. uh amazon what is it uh their groceries amazon marketplace or whatever it is yeah. the one that they ship groceries to your door that's going to be boy are they going to be huge. busy oh yeah they're going to be very busy piper what a weird moment this is so did you did you watch any sports last night did you catch the live kind of hush tonesiness of all these announcements. No, I, I just, I'm still processing to be honest. I was, uh, we had Wednesday nights, we have stuff going on at church. And so I was in that. So I'm kind of half juggling a, like a men's Bible study. Kind of, so I have half my mind in the room. And then the other half is working on some stuff because all the colleges in Nashville mm-hmm. have now started to kick students out. And so we were trying yep. to find housing opportunities for those who couldn't just go home. Mm-hmm. which is a lot of students because it's expensive or because they live in like Indonesia or something. And so yeah. you can't just, you know, throw your visa away and head home. Um, yep. So I have my head in those two spaces and then I get done and, and uh, the guy who's leading it uh, pulls me aside and he goes, do you hear Rudy Gobert has coronavirus and they just canceled the NBA season? Mm. And my first response was, are you sure that's from the real Adrian Wojnarowski like it's gotta Mm -hmm. be that's gotta be fake yeah nope it wasn't fake it was real canceled the jazz game postponed the season or suspended the season because they don't know what they're gonna do next and yeah and and it it still hasn't totally landed and then this morning MLB did the same thing and the NFL is now talking about Uh, you know what like they're I like I saw the Vikings have have canceled all travel for teams in you know in terms of scouting and and you know there's a bunch of pro days coming up and so 
yeah, basically like all sports are canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's awful. And yeah, just the, the kind of the presentation of the game, the game last night. So I caught the last few minutes and, you know, they're panning around the arena. They were, they were cutting to like the Sacramento New Orleans game, which was supposed to follow it where the, the kids were out doing the layup lines and warming up. And then they sent them back into the clubhouse and then they called it off. You know, they canceled the late game and they're, they're panning the audience and they're showing little kids in their jerseys, like crying because it was their one NBA game of the year. And it just struck me as like, this is this, this crisis and granted, like I know nothing about science Piper. Like I'm a, I'm a writer and a football coach. I'm good at two things. And <laughs> like, like, like most other people I've read three and a half articles on this and that's the extent of my knowledge. But, um, it, it occurs to me and I want to get your take on this. This feels like the most 2020 thing ever in the sense that like growing up when we grew up kind of in the 80s and 90s, you know, watching these VHS like action movies where there was some like squared off like sinister Russian guy with his finger hovering over like the nuke button. Like that was the thing we were all sort of low key afraid of. You know, we were afraid of getting the world wiped out by somebody firing a nuke and and it would be over relatively painlessly, you know, Um but this is the most now thing in that, you know, it's fueled by media, right? So there have already been over a billion stories printed about this, which mm-hmm. outpaces the next closest thing by 900 million or whatever. And uh, so there's that, there's social media, and it, it would just be so kind of deliciously now to have like, you know, sniffles and a low grade fever be the thing that brings the, the economy to its knees. And I mean, I dread that as much as the next guy, believe me, I'm not being glib about it, but, um, it just, it strikes me as very current. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it does seem, yeah, it, I have really wrestled with this because the, everything in me wants to be like, y'all it's the flu. Yeah. Just, it's just the flu. Yeah. And in talking to a couple of doctors, they're like, yeah, that's basically what it is now. Mm-hmm. The flu kills people every year. The difference is that the flu is not a pandemic. It doesn't just spread across tens of millions of people, which this has already done and will continue to yeah. do. And so, like, I don't think from what I've read that the mortality rate on this thing is higher than it, like any other flu. But when you're talking tens of millions of people, then one and a half percent becomes a huge number of people. So. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it is the flu, but also we have a responsibility to protect the people who are more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it really is. It is social media age par excellence for, for a thing of this kind of relative, relatively minor impact to be the thing that causes us all to lose our minds. Yeah, totally. And, and I want to, tangentially bring us back around to sports eventually. But, but another question I had for you, and I was sussing this out with my students right before I came up to record here, like they were asking about other kind of big collective tragedies or challenges that I, that I'd seen in my lifetime. And it occurred to me that like nine 11 was, it predated the like toilet that is Twitter and social media. But, but, but nine 11 was kind of the ultimate come together moment. Yeah. Like even all the people who literally made their livelihoods crapping on George W. Bush, like kind of doffed the cap to him during during the wake of 9-11. And, and it was a big sort of 
we're going to put aside our differences and stand shoulder to shoulder thing. But the, the, the early returns on this one are not good on that level. Right. I, I think it's, you know, we live in such a, a, a wildly polarizing hot take culture. You know, you've got people who are, you know, stealing and doing crazy things on one end. And then you have people on the other end who are like, you know, whatever coronavirus, this is nothing. And we we've lost moderation completely. And this is just yeah. a reflection of that. I think and it doesn't, it doesn't help that our, that our, uh, you know, golfer in chief is there's bringing sports into it for you. Um, hey. is not handling the situation. Well, like it, go back to nine 11 Bush Bush was a uniting presence. Doesn't matter what you think of his politics. His goal was unity in the country. Let's sure. get that's pretty. Uh, not doesn't seem to be the tone of things with our current uh, current president and how he's handling things. But yeah, even even the way that it's handled, you know, for it's so back to back weeks here in Nashville, we have the tornado. That was a very unifying thing for this city. You know where. Mm-hmm. The, there's only one way to handle that or two. You can ignore it or you can like go to the place where there is a need and try to meet needs. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you get coronavirus and it's like, nope, everybody go away. Go away yeah. from everybody else. We're going to isolate. We're going to panic. And then we're going to price gouge on uh, on hand sanitizer. And yeah, yeah it's a – it feels very fracturing in the midst of, you know, when, when there are great needs, we're kind of being told to fracture in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so true. And, and it's sad, you know, I think this, this is going to drive Americans even deeper into where they already are, which is isolation. Right. I mean, it, it, if we look down the road at this thing and we do end up canceling school and work and everything sort of grinds to a halt and people are, literally sitting alone with their phones for most hours of the day like in a way it's the most american thing right like we we will we will finally have total isolation um but i think it's gonna it's gonna crush a lot of people you know that that whole motif of having to be alone and in our own heads with nothing but social media as the tether i think that's like that to yeah. me is terrifying. Ten, ten minutes before we started this podcast, I was leaving the post office, and uh, which apparently that's probably a bad place to be when there's viruses mm-hmm. going around. But I had to mail some stuff, and I walk out and, and a random How dare strange you, you monster. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hope you don't catch sickness from my voice. Um, mm-hmm. And and a, some an arbitrary um, older gentleman, you know, he's in his sixties, just. As I was walking out, he goes, man, and I just turn around to look at him because it's clear he's addressing me. There's nobody else around. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just got off the phone with my son in California, and they have, like, quarantined everything. And so he's like, Pops, wow. you better get to the store now and go pick some yeah. stuff up because they might do the same to you and close the stores and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And and we had this conversation. He didn't totally uh, He didn't totally understand how the virus worked and why it was a big deal, and so I kind of – Tried to give him an explanation that was reasonable, but also, but this is why people are, it's a big deal. And then he ends it with, well, I'm 66 and retired and I live by myself. So I guess, I guess I'm quarantined. And I was like, that's either really pragmatic or really depressing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a statement of I'm I'm good or a statement of that's just my life. Well, I mean, I, I think, I do think there's a, there's going to be a really interesting spiritual spectrum of responses here in the sense that 
if this world and what it has to offer is really all that you have to place your hope in, the freak out will be profound, right? As it should yes. be. <laughs> and you will be lamenting all the things that you're losing. And we will get back to sports, I promise. Because I do lament, like, for me, it's Major League Baseball more than more than the NBA. I could yeah. live without that now. But, like, I was really looking forward to baseball, you know. And, um, yeah, there's there's some lament there for sure and, and all the other more serious things that are coming probably. But um, I think for the believer, this is a really interesting moment to exhibit some of these fruits of the Spirit that hopefully we've been cultivating over the years. And, and it's funny, man, like – I, I just put my parents in the car and, and they headed back this morning and they, they were here for a nice long visit. And, and my mom, who, whom you've met, is one of the most angelic people in the world. She's, uh-huh. she's too good for this world. But, um, you know, she always used to when I was younger, even into my 20s, you know, she would she would try to explain to me why she longed for eternity. And um, I never really got it back then because in my mind I was going, but yeah, like I want to. I want to have sex and play in the NFL and publish a book and you know do all this stuff that I want to do before eternity. But I don't know if it's a function of my well, age. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, exactly. I've had sex and made a book, so good, good on me. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a function of just being twenty years older now and having done some of those things where. I don't know. I'm kind of more bullish on death than I used to be in that, you know, kind of whatever happens, happens. And, you know, uh, eternity is looking pretty good. But it was it was looking good before the coronavirus, to be honest. And, you know, not that I'm in the depths of despair or anything. I'm okay, But um, you know what I'm saying with that, though? And Yeah. And and not tongue in cheek at all. The it it adds it adds a lot of meaning to the sentence to live as Christ and to die as gain. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah, it really would be better sometimes to just go, but I've got kids and there's a lot of life worth living. And it is, it is a two sided coin. And I see what Paul meant now. And I, it's definitely something that maybe five or seven years ago, I would have been like to live is good. To die is crappy. Like I'm, yeah. I'm totally by what Paul's selling in my yeah. in my gut and in my heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're right, man. I mean, you're absolutely right, and I, and I think this will be an interesting moment as we navigate that spectrum of feelings, right? And um, yeah, this is where the the things that you pray for about yourself and about your kids and some of the sanctifying things will hopefully bear fruit. And, um, that, that being said though, lest we get too deep into the theological weeds of the coronavirus, let's, let's get back into sports because I want to know from you, like, what are you lamenting the most? So we lost in the span of 24 hours, we've lost hockey. We've lost the NBA. We're probably losing the NCAA tournament. Um, we're, well, yeah, lo- they, mean, we're, they, they already made the decision. They're going to play without fans. So yeah, for sure. Which, and the, I guess there would still be games, but there's something about like there's the energy in those buildings, especially in the first couple of rounds for those teams that are like for yeah. the upsets, the fans make a big difference. So that's a, that's a pretty significant change. Did you know what I think they ought to do? They ought to go to like the Hickory high school gym in Indiana. Like if they're just going to play in an empty gym, yeah. Playing like an empty, awesome high school gym, you know, rather yeah, than they... like some 20,000 seat staple center, mega arena. That's yeah, I that would be amazing. Yeah, find or just find like 
like the Jewish Community Center in Brooklyn or something like oh, that. Dude, you know, some of those places like that where where some some of the best pickup basketball has ever been played that nobody's ever mm-hmm. seen. Those kinds of places. Yeah, like, go play like go play at Rucker Park or something. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, that'd be cool. But uh, of of all these things, pipe like what are you what are you the saddest about sports wise? Um, definitely baseball season. I just inevitably when football season ends, I'm they've usually got about a month of like I'm fine with the NBA. You know, it's good. But then, but then you get to you get to like February first, and I just start to itch for baseball. Dude, me too, man. And and that's 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 increased since I moved to Tennessee because we actually have spring here. So you see signs that winter is ending. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. there's buds on the trees and the, some of the grass is turning green. Like in the Midwest, it's winter until it's 85 and it happens in a week. Um, and so – and the Twins were going to be good this year. I mean yeah. maybe, they, maybe they still will be uh, mm-hmm. if they have a partial season, but – this was this was likely to be the most complete twins team of maybe since 1991 and yeah. and now now I don't get to watch them play and uh, it's just which is the most twins thing ever kind of yeah and it's not even their fault this time like normally it's like yeah. well they lost to the yankees what's that's to yeah. be expected this time it's like they they lost to a flu bug the flu bug stole the twins from me and i'm very <laughs> upset about know? this it's upsetting. Yeah, I mean, it's so upsetting. And, um, you know, to, to be crystal clear, my team was going to be terrible. And I watched it enough spring training baseball to verify that. Um, <laughs> but I, I was still I was still very much looking forward to it, man. And um, yeah, to me, just the the pattern, the, the patterns, the rhythms of baseball, just knowing that it's there if I need to you know, relax with a couple of innings while I grade papers or after I mow the lawn or whatever. It's just such a, it's a comfort to have it there. It's a comfort to have like all the patter about it around, you know, the baseball podcast that I listen to during the season. And, you know, so, so all the, and this has been talked about already ad nauseum, but all the trickle down little industries that, that feed off of pro sports, you know, all the guys in the arenas that clean it up or do security or work concessions or whatever, like there's Mm -hmm. a, there's a whole lot of people who are lamenting at a much more personal level this morning about some of these decisions that have been made in sports. And, um, yeah, it's a huge bummer, you know, especially, I I don't know that there's ever been a time where we've kind of all been driven into fear and isolation. And at the self same time, we've had the entertaining, like, uh, escapist parts of our culture sort of ripped away from us as well. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like during the world wars, there was always sports. Like there was somebody playing football and baseball Yeah, and you know, uh, Vietnam and all these nine 11, there were football games a few weeks later. And yeah, and like, you know, there I mean, were these kind of galvanizing things. To when when Bush out. threw out the first, uh, the first pitch at Yankee stadium, what was it like a week yeah. afterwards? And it was, yeah. Like, I hate awesome. the Yankees. I hate the Yankees so much, but I watched yeah. that because because the the Yankees didn't matter in that context. Like this is this is the site of the tragedy and the leader of our country. And it was really controversial for him to do that because they were like, There are snipers who are trying to kill you and you're just gonna walk totally. out there in the middle. And he was like, Yes, I am, because this is what America needs right now is to see courage and to have some some relief in the midst of this 
And we don't even like, first of all, I don't feel like we need courage the same way, but I definitely feel like we need relief. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and it begs the question, like, where's the relief going to come from? You know, and this is an interesting, and maybe this is the convicting part for me, right? Like I look at my life and I see all these little relatively trivial things that I use from day to day and week to week just to prop myself up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, today sucked at work, but at least I get to catch a spring training game or at least, you know, we'll have season tickets to the Jackson Generals starting in a few weeks. And, you know, all these things that I totally forgot about that. I mean, that's you live right down the street from them. So it's a little bit more pertinent for you, but totally, totally. Yeah. The one, the one year of my life, I, I get season tickets and I won't have baseball to watch. Although yeah, given some of the crowds at minor league baseball, (laughs) I may be more isolated there than I would be. You get a whole section to yourself. It's great. Exactly. That's the safest place in the world to be at that moment. uh, A Tuesday night minor league baseball game is a really good way to go feel by just to go like be by yourself. Well, dude, and believe me, as an introvert, I love it. Oh, right? yeah. Like, and I could sit up there in that section and watch the game and watch the cars go by on the highway and just kind of be alone in a in a kind of special way. But, but yeah, all, all that to say, all these little props, right? All these little um, carrots that we dangle out for ourselves. It will be a it will be a unique like being with the Lord more kind of moment. I think not to like Jesus juke us into this thing, but. Um, it's, it's something that I both look forward to and lament, you know, um, I'll miss all the little comforts and little fun distractions that I've, that I've built into my life, but it might be better in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, but there's like baseball, especially for me is not an event I build life around. It's like an environment. And so it doesn't feel to me like losing the NBA playoffs is one of those things that I'm like, well, maybe I'll be better off without it because I'm not like scheduling my life to watch LeBron James or Giannis yeah. And, yeah. and whoever else. But but baseball is like if I'm working from home on a Thursday afternoon and the Cubs are on, it's just mm-hmm. great background noise. And then you look totally. up when you hear a crack and a roar. And and I, I'm like, ah, I might just gonna have to like go pull up old classic games and watch. You know, I'm just gonna watch like Game Six and Seven of the '91 World Series on repeat or something. Well, yeah, I, dude. I mean, it it begs the question: What are they gonna put on television? You know, because I saw somebody of, tweet that. What is ESPN without sports? And I was like, oh no, oh exactly. no! Everything we hate about it's, ESPN is yeah, what they it's are gonna about turn about into sports. 2020 political coverage. That's oh my goodness! That yeah, sounds it's gonna be like like the worst thing. Yeah, it's going to be MSNBC too, but uh, but yeah, are they going to air just like old vintage games that they have the rights to? It'll be like Pluto TV. I mean, this is but, like uh, this is like Keith Olbermann's dream. Like, oh, sports <laughs> are gone. I just get to pontificate at length about everything else in society and how dumb people are and how smart I am. Exactly. Yeah that that sounds disastrous. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So one of the one of the kind of interesting combos that came out of class right before I came up here was we were sitting around and this is my screenwriting class and, uh, they're, they're great. They're good kids. Um, and one of them very, very in a very self-aware moment was just like, my generation can't handle this. And I was like, respectfully, your generation can't handle school. You know, and, and every, everybody laughed, but the point yeah, po- was... Potty training was a bit much for you guys, exactly. so... Exactly. The point was, like, 
this might ultimately be a net positive, you know, and that it, it, it might show us that we can deal with a lot more than we thought we could deal with. And it might help us develop some muscles that we didn't yeah. know were there. And, um, you know, it, it will be the thing that culturally we all go through maybe in the same way that our, our grandparents had those things, um, in previous generations. But, that uh, said, but it I, might, it might be our Vietnam war though. Like, it might. Cause yeah, World might. War II, you know, I, we look back on World War II and it's sort of like, look at the way the country came together for the war effort. And then you look at Vietnam yeah. and you're like, look at how the country splintered and yeah. the people who were fighting on behalf of the country were treated as poorly by many, not, not by all, but many. And those yeah. protests and it was very divisive. And I'm like, eh, I think we're closer to that than we are World War II. I, I mean, yeah. I think that there was some people will come out of this going like they, they will be, there will be a transformative effect on them in terms of maturing and, and handling yeah. uh, ad- adversity of some kind. Yeah. And then, but I, I really like everybody's blaming. Yeah. Everybody's totally. blaming right now. It's Trump's fault. It's, it's China's fault. It's, yep. you know, the airline's fault. It's the, like, so for example, right now we're making the decision, do we, or do we not continue to have church services? The plan yeah. is yes, unless there's an official like dic- dictum that goes out that says yeah. don't. Um, yeah. But somebody's going to turn around and blame us. You guys had 500 people in one place. How dare you? And, and so just that, which is the antithesis of like a war effort. And I think it's because we don't have an enemy. War efforts are easier when there's an enemy. When you're like, those are the bad guys. These are the, this is our side. Yeah. And uh, yeah. a virus makes a very lousy enemy. It does, man. It really does. And, and yeah, like in, in America in World War II, like not everybody here was a radical. Whereas I think in 2020, you're either a radical conservative or a radical liberal and there's, there's not a whole lot in the middle. And, um, that's making discourse about anything almost impossible. And sadly, this is just going to ratchet that up, which, which, I mean, it speaks to the need for sports, right? We've, we've kind of always used sports in our culture as the great unifier. You know, you go to a uh, – I almost said a Titans game, but that's almost not fair. Um, <laughs> you, you go to the game of some some franchise with an identity. You know, well, take New York, for example. Like the greater New York City area, there's yeah. lots of kind of wildly divergent cultures and political opinions. But, I mean, for the three hours that you're like shoulder to shoulder with other Giants fans, like – um, you're probably not bickering about politics. You're probably not like feeling threatened because he lives on the Upper West Side and, you know, we live in wherever and feel, feeling the class struggle or, or, or whatever. I mean, you just yeah. kind of put all that aside. For you're, all, you're all unified in your misperception that Eli Manning was actually good. and yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You all hate Dave Gettleman together and, you know, it's, it's one big happy dysfunctional family. But, um, yeah, without that, you wonder – so, so without the big collectives, Piper, of going to the stadium, going to the arena, even going to a concert at like Bridgestone or, or wherever, without those big kind of galvanizing group moments out of which you walk out and go, that was really fun and I'm really encouraged that people can still have a good time together. Like what's going to deliver that? You know, maybe it, I mean, the answer, I think, is nothing, um, which is sad, but I don't know, you know? Yeah. I'm 
Yeah, you said something earlier. I wasn't thinking about the unifying aspect of sports as much as I was the escapism aspect of sports. But we, yeah, it's yeah. really a twofer. We lost the enjoyment with other members of society from all kind of all walks of life and in the unifying way and the ability to just like unplug from the angstiness of the day. Yeah. What are the odds people rediscover things like, I don't know, books in the midst of all this? Yeah. Like, like, oh, what is this? What is this block of paper that is sitting on my shelf that I've missed as I go turn on the television every day? Yeah. That's right. That's absolutely right. No, it's a good point. You know, I mean, maybe we'll reclaim some quietness and ability to sit with a story for a while. And, um, you know, all that could be, it could all be a net positive, you know, but it'll be, it'll be painful getting there. I think, Yeah, man, I think, um, okay, here's another sports question. Yeah. What happens when they start canceling our kids sports? Yeah, dude, that's a great question. Like that one, it's one thing to not be able to watch baseball. It's another thing if they're like, I'm sorry, your daughter can't swim anymore or your Dude, son doesn't right? get to play soccer or run cross country or whatever. Yeah. Like that, boy. Dude, my guys <laughs> have sucks. soccer games tonight. I'm really yeah. looking forward to them. And their school, like very cryptically, we just got an email. They canceled like the fine arts night for the mm-hmm. school, which – you know, inside I was cheering about because that's usually like <laughs> two and a half hours of entry. Bad poetry. So yeah. I got bad poetry and yeah, I, I can live without fine arts night for sure. But, uh, but yeah, they start to cancel sports and then, yeah, you're whittling away at someone's high school experience and you know, you can't get those, you can't get those memories back necessarily. But, um, yeah, I hope it doesn't come to that. You know, I really, I really do. Um, uh, yeah. And it just, there's, there are, you don't realize how much sports are woven into culture until you start pulling on those threads and you're like, well, there goes yeah. a, your favorite evening activity and there goes your child's favorite hobby and there goes totally. a way that, way that you enjoy spending time with your child totally, and totally. so forth. It's all just – I'm just going so to a, watch the Sandlot on repeat. Absolutely, which there could be worse things than that. That's true. Here, here's, a, here's an interesting thing to ponder. I don't think Ron has lost anything yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you and I have lost all of our leisure activities and the things we like to do. Um, Ronald being a non-sports person, uh, his wife doesn't like watching movies, so they don't go to movies. Um, Ron has managed to navigate through this thing relatively unscathed. Like what, what is the like economical domino that would have, have to fall before Ron gets angsty about the coronavirus conferences being canceled. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I, when, I when his, it. when his denominational conferences in Jupiter, Florida go away, he's going to, he's going to be like, guys, I have been in Ohio for four straight weeks. Yeah. I'm going oh, to I die. Can't take it. I've yeah. been in my church for four weeks. I can't handle it. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think the conference season is analogous to like baseball season for us. You know, that's, that's Ron's carrot. That's how he gets through life. And, uh, yeah, that'll be tough, man. Um, That'll be really tough. I was I was actually signed up to go to like one of these one day journalism conferences at the University of Memphis. And they did the worst thing, which was canceling it, but saying that they're going to like do it online. So it'll be that's, a virtual that's So they don't have to give you your money back. Exactly. So, yeah, it'll be like a really sad guy standing at a podium in an empty room reading his boring white paper in front of a webcam, which yeah. I can't I can't think of anything that would accelerate the dying process faster than having to watch that. So 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whole new world, man. This is uncharted territory for sure. Which by the way, um, I've not heard any announcements from the CFL. The Canadian football league still seems to be going strong, heading toward kickoff. Um, I'm going to need the CFL this year, obviously way more than I've ever needed it in the past. So Godspeed to Canada as they deal with this crisis and, um, hopefully get me to the start of Canadian football season unscathed. You know, if that's the only thing going, I this might be the year I become a CFL fan. Like I haven't been a not like an anti yeah. fan. I just haven't. I have other things that I've been interested in. But this this could be yeah. the year if it's if it stays uh, up and running. Man, I love it. I love it. I sure, I sure would love to welcome you into the fold, Piper, as a as a diehard CFL fan. And it may be all we have. It may be literally. Now I wonder if like if everything else kind of goes to to pot. If the CFL will. If they'll get like the prime time spots on ESPN, you know what I mean, and it'll be like the A crews doing the CFL games, and I don't know the the mind wanders for sure. Yeah, what are the uh, odds if like t- Tony Romo goes and yeah. becomes a CFL commentator? Dude, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. I I would be even more eager to watch it. Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland doing like <laughs> Monday Night CFL. I heard they were bringing in Peyton for Monday Night Football. Dude, I heard that too. They're I trying mean, to if if we ever have Monday Night Football again, and we're not all well, yeah, dead. The, the hypothetical Monday Night Football yeah. in the future. I heard also they were trying to swing some kind of a trade for Al Michaels. Um, I don't know what assets they would be. Yeah, they would be trading away. But like, dude, I feel like an Al Michaels Peyton Manning booth for Monday Night Football would be legendary. That would harken back to some of the great booths of the yeah. past, the, the likes of which we haven't seen in a long time. Would Peyton be a good announcer, or would he be a little bit too much of the show? Yeah, that's a great question. Because, like, Romo came in and had a, a lively personality, but just did a fantastic job of breaking the game down. And yeah. I feel like Peyton fancies himself a showman. Mm-hmm. And so he may try to kind of own the booth a little bit too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right, man. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he. You, you you sort of see behind the curtain with Peyton during some of these documentaries where you can tell when he's recognizing that he's trying to be charming, and the whole thing kind of breaks down in that moment. Whereas I think with Tony Romo, there's a little bit of like baked in aw shucksiness that just makes it work, and um, you know that's what. That's what we would want to see from Peyton. But, dude, this whole country really just has a love affair with Peyton Manning. And as far as athletes that have that have come through their careers mostly unscathed without really being hated by large groups of people, yeah. he's one of the few. You know, like I, I think that list, we could probably count it on one hand, the number of guys that that applies to. Um, you know, guys that for whatever reason came and went without – Lots of hate in their yeah. direction. Who who else is on that list? Hmm. Well, I mean, how good? Like, what level of star are we going for? Like, David Robinson's on that list, dude. Totally, totally. Um, but he never. I guess he won one title, didn't he? At the tail end yeah. of his career. Um, and then there were guys you were just neutral about, like yeah. I don't know, John Stockton and Carl Malone, and guys you didn't hate, but you weren't like, oh, I love that. Yeah, in terms well, of guys yeah. who everybody loves, like Manning's different because it's not only just that he, that he's he's kind of unscathed; it's that he's also just universally enjoyed. Sure, um, yeah. There's not a lot. Magic Johnson would have been the would have been that guy, 
but then there's the whole HIV thing. Um, yeah. I that's the thing is I think if that if Magic Johnson had been what he was today, he would have been like that. It's just that HIV in 1992 or 91 was terrifying. HIV now is like it's a treatable thing. It's like if he said he got diabetes, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. <clears throat> let's see. I can't think of too many others that are just. I think in the baseball world, there's more of that going back historically. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing is that history has a way of dredging things up about people. So people who came through their career unscathed, they, you get, they get like retroactively me tooed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like for retroactively sure. you find out that he was racist or that he was, you know, yeah. an, an arrogant jerk who didn't tip well or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you, you do wonder if like, I don't know. And I feel like the one retroactive thing that could have gotten Peyton Manning, he, he managed to like quash it. Yeah, you know, was that the I, accusations when he was in college? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even sure how, I'm not even sure how he tamped that down so quickly and so like compellingly. Although maybe it was a function of, I don't know when exactly that rumor came out, but it predated the 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 real high volume Me Too stuff by at least a couple years. Yeah, um, timing was part of it, and then yeah, I think it it just. I think there was enough people around, like other people who were like, yeah, I don't think that ever happened. I never saw anything like that. It just, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously we instinctively kind of side with the person who is making the accusation, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, it just sort of got squashed by, uh, by weight of witnesses, I think. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it is fascinating to think about what kind of sports content will be produced right now? Because even all those ESPN, like talking head shows and guys screaming at each other shows. I mean, they're all, they're all dependent on fresh topics and content. And if there's no new content, do any of those shows make it like, do any of those shows, are they even worth the money that you spend like flipping the lights on in the studio to shoot them? Or do you just run, you know, some old content, you know, some old game that you have the rights to or some, Mike Tyson fight from 1989 or whatever. Um, it's going to be a fascinating moment for, um, for, for all of sports. And um, no, let me ask you this and we'll close with this. Cause I got to go prep for class. Is there a scenario in which two or three weeks go by? And at least from a PR standpoint, there's the feeling that like we're getting coronavirus under control such that like we can reopen the doors for major league baseball and, you know, kickstart the NBA again and, and get some of this stuff in. Do you see that being a thing at all? Oh, I, I think baseball will have a season. That would be, yeah. I mean, obviously we're all functioning from zero knowledge of the, the lifespan of an, of a pandemic like this. Um, but let's assume, let's assume that it, it, you know, it runs its course and we take proper preventative measures. And I would yeah. bet that baseball might start like mid April. So we're sure. talking five weeks from now or maybe, maybe May 1st, but that's sort of a yeah. truncated season. I don't know what they do with the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't, because how do you finish a playoff race? How do you hold the playoffs yeah. at all? Do mm-hmm. you just cancel the rest of the season? But man, would that stink? Because you get guys like LeBron who are at the end of their career having a historic yeah. season and like it's just a wash. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think if it's, if they can do anything by 
you know, if they if they could bring something back by mid-April, I think yeah. both basketball and baseball will finish or have a season. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what it does to the NFL draft. You yeah. know, because that's always held in April, right? Yeah. And but preparation for it is kind of done, and yeah. teams aren't going to be able to scout. And yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and and with the NBA season, like how people finish the year determines the the draft order, or at least yeah. the the weighted lottery. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think there's there, it's going to be really weird how all this plays out and and how they do it. But maybe it's also like a reset for some of these some of these leagues where they're like, oh, maybe we can change our schedule. Maybe we can yeah. shorten the season. Maybe we can adjust how we do the draft. And and you'll kind of see some creativity come out of it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, you're right, man. Um, here's hoping that we have sports to watch in a few weeks and it all hey, comes man. back. Um, here's hoping the CFL comes through this thing unscathed. So Canada – do do the best you can to bring me some live football. Build, build that wall. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, uh, pipe. This has been not the not the most fun and rollicking sports episode we've ever done, but a thoughtful one. Because there's no uh, fun and rollicking sports right now. <laughs> I know, dude. There's nothing fun and rollicking to talk uh, about. Talk on it. Um, but this has been the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, and until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.